0: You're listening to From the Director's Chair podcast with J.J. Duke and Fairfield Athletic Director Paul Schlickman on the Stag Sports Network.
1: Hey Stags fans, welcome to our brand new Season 4 episode of From the Director's Chair. I'm thoroughly excited to be back with you guys outside for the first time since February for that matter. J.J. Duke here with the Director of Athletics Paul Schlickman. Paul, first off, it has been a while. Good to see you. How's things going?
0: Great to see you JJ. I could not be more excited right now and we we're just talking about it and to to, to be outside, to, to be doing this again. We got Ryan and Ivy and and Drew. We got our guys here. We're at the top of Rafferty Stadium. We haven't done this in seems like forever so it's Fairfield Friday. It's a beautiful day. I'm overlooking the stadium. I'm overlooking all our other facilities. We got some athletes running around a little bit like this is this is what we've been working towards so it feels really inspiring and energizing to be back in this setting so I'm really excited to be here thank you.
1: Even if we are a little socially distant from each other but that's how things have gone thus far to begin this fall semester so let's kind of talk about that a little bit here because students have been coming back it was a a phased in move in approach then the athletes kind of getting into a little cohorts and then yeah. slowly getting into their groups how have things been going the conversations that you've had with the coaches with the student athletes the mood those does, does seem to be pretty good
0: i think so you know our as i just alluded to it was it was so energizing and felt so good just to see the campus be repopulated you know we've been six months in the planning of this um, and in putting together such a detailed plan that is so complex, but it's a, it's a really well-designed plan and, and frankly, I think the plan's working, not only from a university perspective, but from an athletics perspective. So all the painstaking details that we went through to try and prep our facilities and create protocols for our athletes to operate and our coaches to operate in a, in a safe and healthy environment every day. And, and as I look out and see some of our athletes going through some activities to get, put them in a place to do that. So I think it's going really well. Uh, I believe our athletes are really looking at this through a, a very enthusiastic, but very serious lens because they recognize the opportunity that they have before them. All our staff and coaches have been unbelievable in terms of kind of doing everything we ask at them to try and, to try and make this work. And it's not without its challenges. It's not without its it's daily twists and turns, but uh, but again, I think we're responding to them effectively. Um, been incredible collaboration not only within our staff but with university leadership to, to to know that we're all in this together and we're we're getting after it day by day. So I I, I think we're in. A, I know we're in it for the long haul. It's a marathon, not a sprint, and uh, there's going to be challenges between now and the time end of May comes, um, but we're going to get there, and I'm I'm confident that we'll we'll endure it.
1: He certainly talked about Everyone needing to buy into the same idea and the same mentality. I think uh, a big shout out goes to our sports medicine team, making sure they had everything set up. Facilities, making sure that there is space available and enough space for all of our athletes because it's not just like everyone, boom, you go right back to what you're doing. It it was a process, but the job seems to be done and like you said, we're looking out right now. Baseball, everyone's throwing out there. Tennis is getting their work in. It's just nice to see everybody doing what they need to do.
0: Absolutely. Doing what they do best, we've been talking about that with our athletes, is trying to get them back doing what they do love, what they love and what they do best. And I'm glad you mentioned some of the support service areas because you know you hear this, we've all heard this term, the new normal, for the last six months. And and what does that mean? Well, what that means to us is, is everybody's had to rethink how they we operate. So our sports performance area, our athletic training staff, our academic services, making some facility adjustments, all in the name of trying to adhere to. CDC guidelines, state and local guidelines, the higher ed task force, university parameters, in our case, NCA resocialization plans and agreements that we have within the, our conference structures. So, all those complexities kind of meld into one. And, uh, and again, I think our staff has responded with resounding enthusiasm and, and, and great skill. Um, you know, I heark- I've harkened back every day for the past six months to something that President Nemec said. At the outset of all this, when we created this university task force and that there were two things and he said we are as a as a senior leadership group, as a campus community, we would have to embrace uncertainty. And that has undoubtedly been a hallmark of this. And at the same time, he said we are going to have to, on a daily basis, adapt to the ever changing environment around us. So we've all lived by that. And I think um, I think it's standing us as well at this point. Absolutely. We're going to talk
1: about the adapting a little bit in terms of the fall season. Now, of course, uh, there is no fall sports currently going on. However, very recently, the NCAA, along with its Division One Council, a part that you've played in, uh, just announced what the fall will look like in the spring. Uh, there's a number of different bullet points. We'll kind of hit as many as we can going on. But the main story is we're going to have fall sports in a not the full capacity, but a pretty close to capacity, compete for league and NCAA championships coming up in the spring. Actually, not even the spring, starting in January for that matter, but um, what was that process going towards?
0: It has been, it's been an unbelievable ride. Um, Been really um, honored to be part of that structure, the NCAA council, um, and as a subcommittee assignment to that, the Men's Basketball Oversight Committee at a time really uncharted in Division One history in terms of all the changes that have happened since really the end of last winter, the spring season, adjustments to the fall, adjustments now to the oncoming winter season. So many things changing on the fly and really um, unprecedented amount of, of work and complexities that have gone into that. Um, so it's been, again, a real honor to, to be a part of that and, and frankly, very meaningful for me personally to feel like um, not only representing the MAC in those endeavors, but, but feeling like at a time when our student athletes, just like those around the country have endured such um, disappointment and challenges and, and, uh, and displayed such resilience to, to try and have, to have a front row seat to that and be a part of um, adjusting things to give them that opportunity back has been incredibly um, meaningful and poignant for me. We've arrived at after, after much ebb and flow and trying to, again, adjust to the ever-changing pandemic environment to recreate fall championships in the spring and really excited about that. So it's, it's, it's an adjusted NCAA format, 75% of the original brackets most important of which is the automatic qualifications for those primary championships, in our case, the soccers, volleyball, and field hockey have a chance to get to the tournament. That really, that inspires our kids. That gives them something tangible and meaningful to strive for. As a result of that, we are now, as we had planned all along within the MAC structure, created, and then hopefully the same will occur on the NEC level with field hockey. We've created working groups to build a competitive schedule in the spring that will lead up to that. So some type of regular season, some type of championship format, ultimately trying to get our teams to that, that carrot, if you will, of the NSA tournament. So just really excited for them to have that in place and give them something to strive for, particularly in kind of what are initially the dog days of the fall when they're trying to figure out what they're doing and how they're doing it. Um, so really, really happy for that, happy about that and excited for them
1: going to be a lot of steps to go forward before those seasons begin, but make sure to stay tuned. And really, for you at home, keep in tune at fairfieldstags.com. As information becomes available, we'll get that out to you guys. And we're looking forward to having fall sports in the spring. It's going to be kind of a crazy we're few mean, months ahead of us. But...
0: This, these, all these venues that we can see around us will be uh, hopefully packed on a daily basis with activity and uh, we'll have a lot of games going on, but uh, that is a a welcome uh, challenge and sense of uh, activity that we uh, that we will certainly embrace and look forward to.
1: It will be crazy but it will be fun. Yeah. Another date that we recently saw and news came in as well over the past week or so is the announcement of men's and women's basketball along with the conference schedules, which is pretty exciting knowing now that there's a pathway, I like to call it a pathway to the season. Uh, the NCAA basketball will be starting on November 25th, MAC basketball will begin uh, for the men on December the 8th. They're be away to Canisius the first home game is set for December 15th against Maris. the women away to Iona on the 9th of December home to St. Peter's on the 12th again a lot of luck goes into this but it's nice to know especially for basketball players and coaches themselves that not only do they have a date but they have games that they could look forward to
0: that's been a that's been a really interesting and and meaningful process as well kind of you know, what, what, what has been transpiring on the NCAA Council level for me with the Basketball Oversight Committee and then on a parallel track with the discussions we've had in the MAC. So they all kind of came together at the right place at the right time. We had to get through figuring out the fall movement at the Council level and then an immediate focus um, on the winter season and how to protect the basketball seasons. There's so many reasons why that's important. We all understand the, the magnitude and importance of trying to play the NCAA tournament and trying to create and protect an environment where a season can be played leading into that. A decision to shift by two weeks to November 25th, I think very prudent decision for health and safety reasons for a lot of campuses to kind of get their feet under them and, and, and really get operationalized and, and acclimated to everything we're doing. I, I give great credit to our Commissioner Rich Enzer, the ADs in the league, the uh, presidents in the league for really coming together and around a concept to build a basketball schedule that fit right into that. And, and the timing is we were very proactive in that. And I really, I, I believe we're out in front of it um, compared to a lot of conferences around the country. That's why we're able to, to really turn around and announce that conference schedule in pretty good fashion once those NCAA determinations were made. So really excited about that. I think it's a, it's a very well thought out schedule that maximizes it hopefully optimizes the number of games, builds in flexibility, creates parameters for, for testing protocols that we're going to have to implement and adhere to and, and all those kinds of things. So really good, built to succeed, we hope, and uh, and we're excited that, that, that that's in place and we can have something to strive towards.
1: Definitely people love seeing the schedule filled up, though I know there's going to be questions, especially on the non-conference side of things. and. This is something that's going to take a little time to figure out. And I know this is something that not only your staff, but also the basketball coaching staff is trying to figure out how exactly can this work. There's no date, of course, to try and figure out, okay, it has to be in by this date. But what are the current steps that are going on to fill out that schedule?
0: You make a good point because there's, there's a couple things that fed into that. The decision we made concurrent with, with uh, dialing the schedule um, to, or redialing the schedule to November 25th, There had to be a commensurate reduction in the number of games, so that was dialed back by four. The maximum games is 25 unless you're in an MTA and this commensurate increases with that. Um, This has been socialized for the better part of a month now, so to some degree, I, we, our coaches, coaches across the board had had an understanding that this was, some iteration of this was coming, so everybody's really been working on their, trying to envision what adjustments would be made to their non-conference schedule if things got shifted. So a lot of those discussions have been going on behind the scenes. I think our, I'm, I'm proud of our of, of Coach Young and Coach Frager in terms of the proactive adjustments they've made. Um, we're actually in, in pretty good shape. And there was a lot of angst about fear of chaos that would ensue with people having to adjust their non-conference schedules across the board. Um, it's been relatively smooth for us. I think we're in pretty good shape. We've got a, a couple of gaps to fill. Um, so hopefully within the next couple of weeks we'll be able to solidify that and uh, create an initial framework. That's not to say that, as I, we said at the outset, um, anticipating adjustments and being adaptable that could very well occur. So we'll just we'll just go with it and take it day by day.
1: I know everyone's looking forward to seeing when that schedule is fully complete. Now a couple other things, news and notes on the basketball side of things. Uh, first off, as it was announced, Fairfield basketball will be playing all its games this year at Alumni Hall. The reasoning behind that I'm sure it's just because the opportunity was there, the facility still able to be played at, so right. it made sense, right?
0: Yeah, I, I would. you're right, you're 100% right. Multi-layered in terms of our, our reasoning and our approach. Um, we are um, very pleased with uh, our association with Webster Bank Arena, and that's certainly something that will continue. We had intended initially to, to play some games there for ease of operations, for you know everything that, that goes with that. The, the MAC mandate, at least as it stands now, to to not allow fans through the first semester, um, not knowing what that will look like after January 1st, um, just a multitude of reasons that did, that just made it uh, a much more reasonable determination to play at Alumni. Um, so we're we're looking forward to that. I don't think any of us anticipated that we'd have another another swan song in, in the great old barn that is Alumni Hall, but. Um, but we are looking forward to that and, and know we'll do a, an effective job of operating those games and, and hopefully providing a framework where it's uh, it can be safe enough um, with parameters for some of our fans to take in some of those games.
1: Yeah, because there is a certain magic that happens whenever Alumni Hall is full. But the good news is... You can still watch the games at home because all home games and conference road games will be available on ESPN digital platform. So there is that we positive. Know is that well. know these guys
0: do an unbelievable job of, of, of putting our athletes on TV and doing a great job of our broadcast. So that will certainly continue, and I have no doubt our, our stakes network staff will do an incredible job
1: and lastly uh, this would have to note then because games are going to be played Alumni Hall this season means that the construction has been delayed for the new arena however it looks like things are going to be starting to move shortly after the basketball season ends this year
0: that's certainly the intent and and the hope is to do that you know I I think we've discussed at at intermittent times that uh, it was a very prudent decision to delay the project Um, certainly in the heat of it for a lot of the reasons related to the pandemic, and and then just uh, to try and create a real focus on getting our students back, and all the uh, all hands on deck approach that the university had to take to to do that, to repopulate the campus and put that at the forefront. Um, so we now are, are very excited that that hopefully as soon as or as soon after the season is concluded, or as soon after as possible, hopefully a very full and complete basketball season. Um, that we can commence the project and get it rolling. Um, So uh, continued commitment um, from all levels of the university, from the board to senior leadership, certainly to us, to to make that um, a reality. Again, a prudent decision to delay, but we're excited about getting it rolling again and and certainly looking forward to, to what that will bring in the future.
1: Absolutely. Turning our focus now to another, but very exciting thing that has come up recently with the start of the new semester. Uh, the new motto for Fairfield Athletics for this season—it's one team, one family—came with some pretty sweet gear along the way as well. Um, I'm curious how that process went along, because in, in talking to some of the student athletes building up to this, this was one that was kind of pretty unanimously voted on.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really proud of this one. You know, and and as as we have talked about along the way and I'm and I like to refer to often as the leader of our department I'm very proud of of our department culture and and the establishment of a common purpose and a shared sense of identity as it relates to our mission and our vision and and in particular the cultural commitments that we've established that I truly believe all of our athletes and all of our coaches and staff buy into and live every day and so those notions of compete care lead and grow are really inherent in everything we do and so, as you know, as you depicted, we, every year, it is, it is something that we enjoy to create a theme for the year. It's usually a combination of kind of what's, what's the tenor of the times and the environment. Um, some of that is obvious right now, kind of assessing what, our, uh, what, what we accomplished in the previous year. What are the challenges or objectives that lie ahead? And always we want them to be based in our values. We, we kind of tossed around a few of those ideas. And, and I thought given the circumstances, given how these last six months has, has deeply impacted our athletes, it would be most meaningful f- for them to choose what our theme was for the year, have them establish what's important to them. Our SAC did an unbelievable job of, of talking it through and, and, and it was unanimous <clears throat> to come up with one team, one family. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I think it's clearly indicative of, of a, an underscoring a doubling down on, on a great sense of unity and, and camaraderie and sense of family that we do have in the department that's been established. Um, I think it is a recognition of a stance or a, a sentiment that they share as it relates to all the racial justice issues that are, that are, you know, have been around us and will continue to be around us, um, in a very significant fashion, um, and their involvement in those and I think just how the, the pandemic has impacted them and the need to come together in a way that we have done but in a greater fashion than ever before. So it's all of those things and uh, I think it's going to be indicative of how we attack providing them with the best experience we can as one group. Frankly, it's, it's been the mantra for the university that this is a, this is a shared commitment to, to get us through this year successfully. So it's, it was also indicative of I think a, a, a greater perspective they have beyond just being a STAG athlete and what it means to the campus community too. So I really applaud them for their their resilience, their perspective and their their sense of identity with that. It's, it, it was really um, a proud moment for us and uh, really looking forward to to how that will carry us through the year.
1: And for those who want to keep going and be a part of this community, you can get your apparel now. The one team, one family shirts are now available. You can purchase yours today by going to FairfieldStags.com. I will definitely be getting some of that myself as well because I got to be part of the team too. It's,
0: it's it's good gear this year. It's always good gear with our Stags here. But we, you know, we always that's always important to 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 be visible and 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 be our own billboards with our own theme for the year, no question about it. Uh,
1: Another real positive that came across during the summer, um, really notably, an outstanding Stag Giving Day this year and just a full commitment to athletics giving in general. Stag Giving Day happened back uh, in late June, a record amount of donors, over 1,000 donors, and over $570,000 accrued just on that day alone, which is something that not only is massive for the community in and of itself, but it's a big help for the athletics program.
0: You know, it was a great segue from one team, one family, and, and picking that theme um, as, as, a, as a future guide for this year to what we're doing, all that Stag giving day activity and the, the generosity and passion of our donors, that's indicative of that, that shared value even without creating a theme. You know, that's indicative that one team, one family, we are stags, isn't just about 500 athletes and 75 staff members. That's about our extended family. That's all our constituents, that's the community, that's that's our donors, our season ticket holders, our alumni. And I I give incredible uh, kudos to our advancement team, Nick Wormley, Connor Donnelly, all our coaches and staff all this all our external steam this was an unbelievable effort to really pivot and and engage all our constituents in a way that we weren't used to uh, embracing the technology doing so in a way frankly that covered a wider stretch of alums in a more efficient and effective manner than we ever have the stewardship and engagement was unbelievable and frankly the storytelling that went along with that just really engendered a sense of, of pride and wanting to give back to our athletes and their endeavors. And, and so that was an incredible effort with unbelievable results. We set records for donors and Stag Giving Day and dollar amounts and, and everything that goes along with it. What is really important with that, and I'll, I'll make this plug right now, and, and we are so, as I said, humbled and blessed to have such generous donors. Um, but we need them now more than ever. Um, you know, as part of this, these circumstances, we are all going through varying degrees of fiscal challenges and constraints because of all the, the uh, ancillary costs that go along with, with creating and operationalizing a plan to keep all these guys safe um, and have this be a, a plan and, a, and that, that lasts for the year. Um, so we need help. And, uh, and so I just implore our alums and our, all our constituents to really keep that in mind. We may not be playing games right now, but every one of our athletes is gonna be playing games in the winter, in the spring. There's something to look forward to. And in the meantime, we need to optimize the resources at our disposal to create that educational experience that we really strive for. Health and safety, mental health, the spiritual endeavors and retreats that we want to do with our mission and identity staff, um, career counseling, so many different types of things that really are important in what we do beyond the competitive side of it that will set them up for having success in the spring and, and hopefully winning a bunch of championships. So it's, it's really important we need their help, we need the resources um, to, uh, to optimize know who we are and who we aspire to be as i always say
1: and i know that message is going to be the same as well the next time that we get together as a fairfield community during our golf outing which will be coming up next month october 19th over at brooklawn unfortunately if you're looking for late tee time bad luck for you guys because there are none available but for those that are going to be there looking forward to seeing you all and like paul just said the message is going to be clear and we hope to keep getting the support from all of our fairfield fans going forward not only the rest of this year but as long as we can keep going.
0: Yeah, it's one, it's another great example, certainly of a, of a, a signature event for us, uh, an opportunity to, which is nice, uh, regardless of the format, which is adjusted and different, but to, to have our alums come together, which we've, you know, been able, only able to do intermittently. And um, so those types of uh, events that, that we normally run, we're, we're trying to re-engage on those and do what we can. But again, just indicative that, that we're, adapting on the fly to try and uh, create a great experience, all in the name of providing resources for our student athletes in our programs. Paul, this was fun. This, this was great. Nice to get outside again. I'm so and do happy this. to. I, we were all a little, uh, have grown a little tired of Zoom and staring at screens. Always good to see you, JJ, but it's just a little nicer to be kind of doing this. A
1: we'll, little we'll socially distant, it's but great. we're back. And thanks so much for tuning in to our first episode of season four from the director's chair make sure to stay tuned with us fairfieldstags.com and until then go stags
0: thanks for listening to from the director's chair podcast to listen to past and future podcasts visit fairfieldstags.com and be sure to follow the stag sports network on twitter